Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company in his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 29. This week, we're going to talk about something vital to any business, and that's brand identity. From your business name to your logo, this is usually the first impression that you're giving to your customers and your audience. We'll talk about how John and I came up with our business names and the evolution of our branding and logo work with our businesses as well as made for profit. What's up, John? Continuing on that audible kick, man, what are you listening to now? So right now I am trucking through Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, Ray Dalio is the founder of Bridgewater Associates, which is the largest hedge fund in the world, I believe. Um, And it's pretty cool. Ray talks about how he started the business. Uh, He grew up in New York and built this business on his own back. He goes through the principles that got him there and the principles that he uses in life and in business. So it's pretty cool. I'm not really into investing, but it's awesome to see someone as successful as as Ray um, talk about how how they got there. And what their journey was. So um, if you're interested in a free book and a one month free subscription to Audible, make sure you're checking out audibletrial.com forward slash made for profit. Yes. Not into investing unless it's Bitcoin mining, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm strictly into cryptos right now. You know, cryptos are hot, but it's like, uh, so I'm, tr- I, I, I personally love getting perspective on people outside of what I'm doing. Um, I think yeah. there's a lot of value there. And a friend of mine actually recommended this book and that's why I jumped into it. Uh, super dry for the first little bit. I will warn you there, but he warned you in the book. He's like, Hey, you might not like this part, but he wants to give you full background and he walks you through the years on how he grew the business. Um, it's really insightful. And, and I'm a fan of the journey. I'm a fan of individuals and how they got to success. I'm not yeah. really a raw, raw kind of like inspire me to go be successful. I want to hear implementation and direction. And that's exactly what this book is. And the principles are if you get the physical copy are literally written down with worksheets. Um, it's an awesome book and, and, and Ray's really, really intelligent and insightful. I mean, he literally goes into like the psychology behind how your brain works and why you make decisions the way you do. So um, nice. if, you're looking to, if you're looking to expand your mind and you're not into investing, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a good book. I'm enjoying it so far. Awesome. I'm, I'm still plowing through content Inc, but um, I'm, I'm still digging it. I'm digging it. All right. Well, before we get started in, into the uh, show and what we've been doing for the week, uh, we do want to thank the new members that have joined over there at the MFP tribe. And that would be uh, Zach, the Southern Ginger Manring. Uh, and big shout out to him because we actually missed him when we were supposed to call him out a couple weeks ago. Uh, hey, Bluey Woodworking, Nick D'Agostino and David Fryman from Fryman Woodworks. So thank you guys so much for joining and supporting us over there on Patreon. If you'd like to be part of the Patreon team, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit and you can get access to the after show and some other cool rewards uh, that we do for our patrons. Um, Yeah. So what is up, John? What have you been working on personally this week? So I'm wrapping up another video edit. Um, if you guys are following along with me on Instagram, I did that dual router station. Um, I finally am getting to that edit that should be posted before this episode comes out. Um, as well as my next shop talk, uh, shop talk. A segment's going pretty well, which is cool. I got a, uh, couple tools that I have in my arsenal, um, that I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of reviewing and shine some light on. The brush sander seemed to be a hit. Um, so I'm going to keep rolling there. Got a couple client jobs I'm actually waiting on materials for. So I've, so Bucks had a few days off. Our Steelers just got knocked out of the playoffs. So pretty somber here in Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> ironic timing, but I gave him, uh, gave him a couple days off. Uh, but I got a, <laughs> I got a couple thousand pound shipment of metal coming in in two days. So that should be a nice, uh, bright wake up for both so, of us to get out there. Yeah, and Make move, sure Buck is there for that. Yeah. Move some three, <laughs> three eighths plate. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what I got going on. What do you, what do you got? What are you working on? Yeah, well, same boat Titans out of the playoffs. So, you know, we were hoping for, uh, you know, maybe an MFP matchup in the, in the AFC, but, uh, didn't quite happen. And, uh, we, we ended up, 
getting eliminated there too. So that was kind of a, a bummer, but you know, whatever it happens. Um, so what we're going to be doing is uh, I'm actually been working on the wrapping up the laundry room, which is finished up now. It's in sponsor approval. I think I, I mentioned that last time. So I'm still working on getting that out. Um, but I will have a shop tour that I've that I've just started working on and that will be out by the time this airs. So it can kind of be fun, you know, just taking some time. Uh, I, I don't know about you, John, but I, I started going through the shop and I'm like, wow. Uh, don't need this anymore. Like I haven't touched this in four years. Like, <laughs> and I just started cleaning, man. And, uh, it's been nice. So as I started cleaning up for the shop tour, I've taken the time to start gathering things. Uh, and we actually, uh, have a habitat restore. So I'm going to take a lot of things to the habitat restore, just like old cabinet hardware. I'm just like stuff that, you know, is, is just, I will never use it. Uh, but somebody I know could use it. And instead of throwing the trash, I want to go take it uh, to one of those shops and have them be able to, to give it to somebody else and sell it and make some money for habitat. So that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, the, uh, the, 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 the last thing I want to say is definitely been working. I know we talked about some brand deals for you. I've been closing up some brand deals as well, uh, which is like we talked about. It'd be cool. So we'll end up talking about that later on uh, in in the year, talking about sponsorships and brands, brand deals and, and things like that. So I've been able to work with some new sponsors and I'm pretty excited about. So we'll be talking about that on my, my channel and all that other good stuff. But... Getting into the show topic, what we wanted to talk about today was brand identity because uh, we did just open the Facebook group, the Made for Profit Tribe over there. If you've not joined, um, you can just search for Made for Profit Tribe on Facebook and and request to join there. Uh, and one of the topics that came up in a topic that we've talked about in the past is uh, branding and logo work, brand identity. So we want to make sure that uh, we talk about that because that's a journey that both John and I have gone on and we just have recently gone on with uh, Made for Profit. So we're going to jump into it and, um, you know, talk about basically how we named our businesses, how we designed our logos, um, how we're using them, merchandise, brand recognition, all those things. So, John, why don't you kick us off, man? So a um, little different situation for myself coming from my previous background as most of you, probably all of you know, as I, uh, before doing woodworking and, and owning my own business, I was, I was playing professional football. So what happens there is, you know, I, I started to grow a small following, um, mostly on Facebook and Twitter. This is pre Instagram days for me. And, uh, and I use my name obviously because I have personal accounts. Well, pick up a following and, uh, I didn't want to lose those people. So for me, the dilemma coming out of, uh, my former, I guess life <laughs> was how do I create a brand and not lose the attention that I already have? Um, I was working with a business partner at the time who was using his brand as, his, as his, uh, personal name and he was having success there. So I started running with, uh, the John Malecki brand and, um, kind of like this, the builder concept, uh, being that I was just building stuff. Um, and, and from there it kind of kept, uh, you know, evolving in, I got down to a point where I had to decide for my business what I wanted it to be. So initially, ironically, and if you look it up in the Pennsylvania Department of Revenue or whatever it is for <laughs> my legal business name, um, my legal business name is actually JM Custom Builds LLC. Well, I put zero thought into that. I just wanted to get a separate bank account. So I set up my LLC with a business name that I thought was you know, kind of overshadowing. It was me doing custom building um, and whatever I might get into down the line. So I started out with a logo for that. I don't even think you know this, Brad. And I had um, my buddy's ex-girlfriend. She does graphic design and shout out to Morgan um, for my first website and uh, a bunch of my first logos and stuff because she was just starting her business. She created a logo for the JM Custom Builds brand and it looked cool. It was it was nice. It was like 2013. Um and it worked for the time being. Well, I didn't really like the way that rolled off the tongue. So having attention from my personal brand and then starting to bring those people over and convert them slightly into what I was doing now, I noticed a lot more recognition as John Malecki than I was getting for the furniture company itself. Um, so I started to just roll more with John the Builder kind of thing. And here in Pittsburgh, we had a bunch of press around us because we were two ex Steelers, um, doing, uh, starting a business here in, in local, in local part of the city. So everything in the press had my name. It was my name. It was my name. It was my name. So I decided to jump in full bore on the branding of my business being John Malecki. 
then I realized how expensive it is to actually get professional logoing done <laughs> and, and, and getting your branding images. Cause I knew how important a great brand uh, image is and how timeless something, something could become. So what I did was, you know, I started learning the basics of Illustrator and I had some right. great visual artist right. friends. Hey, John, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you for a second. You're like, you're, you, as you always do, you're running and gunning, man. You're, you're jumping into the second part of the episode. Like, I, I want to back it up. I want to get more, I want to hear more about like, cause I think, and you went through it kind of quickly, but I think that there's a lot to learn. Uh, especially as people building that around just the naming, because I get a ton of like, Hey, how'd you come up with your name? How'd you come up with your name? And so what I heard you say was that, you know, you had the John Malecki, like what, what was the brand? You had the JM custom. Did you have a, a business name with your partner? Did y'all have yes. a business name when y'all had that? Well, yeah. So I had JM custom builds and the name of our, our business together was studio AM. Um, and we were doing creative work and like a little bit of marketing and a bunch of actually stuff that made no sense. And it was a terrible business decision, but a great <laughs> learning experience. Um, but we had great branding. Like our logo looked fantastic. It was, uh, well done. It was handmade. The name of the business was um, interesting enough that you were wondering what what it meant, but you got enough about it with the studio concept that we were doing creative work. So um, it led into that. And, and I kind of like uh, use that as a lesson to where I wanted to go next. Uh, to me, I feel like if you're going to create a personal brand, you have to use your name. And I know in our interview with April, she um, suggested not doing that. But if you're going to do a brand around yourself, you know, that's a great opportunity to, to use your name and, 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 and grow some publicity around it. Um, but if you're going to, if you're ever, I think at the beginning of your business, if you see the team expanding, and this is kind of where I was going with the story before we switch backwards before but, I shut you down. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to grow with a, uh, if you're going to grow with a team, you should probably think of that initially from the beginning. And that, that is where you should create something along the lines of, you know, like you have with fix this, build that, or myself growing into the metal and wood custom furniture. Um, and that was kind of my envision behind that. So my two brands now are John, uh, or the John Malecki, John, the builder brand, and then metal and wood custom furniture. And what I did right. there was separate my content business from my production business because I brought a guy on. I've had a, a couple employees now with metal and wood and I do subcontracting work and I don't want to create a false understanding to my client that I am physically making everything that they're doing. Um, I am hands on with every project, but as you continue to scale that kind of business, that brand type of that, that naming for a brand like that fits a little bit better when you have a team. So the John Malecki brand, you know, as being, uh, I still have that carryover from, from football to who I was then. So if you look me up, you know, you'll get articles on how to build a <laughs> barn door and then me doing an, an, a newspaper article here in Pittsburgh or something. Um, and I still get, you know, kind of that, uh, that, that full spectrum of my life in that brand. But if you, if you search, you know, custom furniture, Pittsburgh, metal and wood custom furniture is coming up and that's kind of where I wanted it to go. So thinking of my naming, it was, you know, what kind of business do I want? And there was confusion for years. Like, don't get me wrong. A lot of people would call me and be like, so what do you do? Um, and I hated that question because I knew it came back to me not having uh, proper branding. So that's why I separated to that too. And I, and I literally don't get that question anymore. It's like, <laughs> you know, there's the furniture business and then there's a the content business and my right. websites are now completely separate when for a while it was a hodgepodge of all of it together. Um, and I think that came down to bad planning when I was creating my, my business. I mean, I let it kind of grow organically, but um, when I was starting out with my branding and stuff, I wanted like a John the Builder representation and I didn't think long term how that would implement ex into a team of people, one and two, how my brand itself would suffer um, if I started to do other things outside of right. just just and John. And so that's a great tie in because that's exactly what I wanted to to get to is what you just said, is that I think, you know, as as we talk about it for the listeners and think about because uh, we have a ton of folks. We have a ton of folks who are just getting into it. They're thinking about starting their business. They've got a side hustle. They've not incorporated. They've not got a logo or design or, or really established the name that some of those things that uh, to think about are uh, think about the long game. Don't think about what you're doing. Like we just literally had a guy who uh, was messaging us and asking us, hey, um, I've got the word rustic in my name. And I, you know, it was great when I was doing it, but I don't necessarily see myself doing rustic in five years. 
Um, should I should I rebrand now or, or, you know, should I basically he was scared of rebranding because I mean, that's a huge thing. Right. So when you think about what you're doing, um, you, you know, you want to you want to think the long game. Like if if you say, you know, Brad's cutting boards, <laughs> you've kind of you've kind of niched yourself down. And then uh, as you try to sell somebody a dining table, they're like, I don't know if I want to buy a dining table from Brad's Cutting Boards LLC uh, because all he does is cutting boards. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's something that I think is is really important uh, that not many people think about when they're just getting into it. You think about where you're at in the moment uh, and you're like, OK, this is what I'm doing now and I want to represent what I'm doing now. And maybe you're looking for some SEO. So you use a word like rustic, which is great for, you know, SEO to have that rustic in your name. Um, but. You, you got to think about the long term and, you know, you can always rebrand and rebranding is fine. And that's kind of what we told this uh, this guy. Um, and I think he'll be fine with it is you just you can rebrand and it's not a problem. Uh, but you have to think. I think the other thing that I want to hit on too John is like what you said about using your name. And I think that um, exactly what you said, there, there's there's pros and there's cons. I think the pro of it is that. um if you obviously, if you have any brand recognition or name recognition in your community or in a space, uh, design space or whatever, if you are an expert, then using your name, you know, when you think of like Sam Maloof, like, right. I mean, his name carries so much weight. Um, and obviously that's an, an outlier. But when you start thinking about these people's names who are who are like master woodworkers, um, if you have any recognition around your name, then that's going to carry weight. Uh, but at the same time, if you want to grow and, and you're thinking, hey, I, I want to eventually I would love to have people on and I want to do more stuff, uh, then having something that's a little more ubiquitous uh, and and kind of, um, you know, just doesn't go down to one person. Um, and I know like our buddy Ben uh, Ueda, and we talked about that. And I think he even talked about it on the episode of, of, you know, he went with homemade modern and now he's bringing on a team. And so he has a personal Instagram but he has, you know, his YouTube channel is Homemade Modern. And he had the foresight, of course, because he's been, uh, to think about that and know that he wanted to grow it to a business. And now he's brought on uh, Jesse, you know, his sister and, and Jamie, um, who's also making videos. So now he has multiple people making products and videos on his site. And it's seamless because it's he didn't call it Benueta. He called it homemade modern. So yeah, I, I think those are just some really good things for, for the team to think about or for the, the tribe to think about as they're thinking about naming their business is, is really expand it. So just, just, you know, we're going to get into logoing here as well. But when you think about the name, you know, really think about the long game and what you want to do and what you might do and, and, and all that good stuff. But, you know, SEO is also a good thing to think about as well. Exactly. So, you know, initially, as as we always say, it's, it's insane, but create a plan. Like when you're getting to the branding concept of your business and if you're looking to rebrand or if you're looking to increase your brand awareness, get a plan together. Don't just run into it because that's exactly what I did. I know I ran into the logoing aspect of it and I ran into using my name um, because I thought it was a good idea. When I look back on it now and it was like, man, it would have been great to sit down with some creative people in my personal life and come up with a strategy for an actual uh, business around my content um, like yourself, like, you know, uh, like, like, excuse me, like Ben, like Bob, like, like the guys that are really crushing it out there. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a personality and I actually enjoy it now, but getting to this point, you know, it's, it's yeah. been somewhat, I think it works too. And I think you, it, I mean, because you had the brand because you had a bunch of Twitter followers. Right. I mean, and, that, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what you were just saying. You wanted to material uh, materialize on that. And yeah, I think it, I think it worked for you. But I think at the uh, yeah, there's some struggles along the way. But I, yeah, I think it's awesome now. There is. And and I'm like and, and I'm also a little bit different. I'm trying to set myself aside as the person in the brand. And there's not really room for expansion in what I do because it's a little more inspirational than it is instructional. So, you know, th those are things that you also need to think about as you're creating your brand. Um, You know, before we jump into the in the logo part, I think we should talk about a little bit about how we got to the made for profit brand, because it was a super interesting uh, discovery period in my life, because Br <laughs> Brad and I have built this friendship over a couple years. And then we decide, you know, like, Dude, let's do it. Let's jump at the um, 
let's jump at the podcast concept. I think we're, we're on to something here and we came from two separate ends of the spectrum, you know, extremely, you know what I mean though? Extremely analytical, well thought through, um, is, is exactly what Brad is. And, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of lists, a lot of crossing things off, a lot of taking, you know, a large sum of what's going on and bringing it down to, um, couple valuable options when I'm just like, you know, six shooters out of my holster, like bang, 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 let's roll. I want this done yesterday kind of thing. Um, so, you know, kind of our discovery process for made for profit was we wanted to use some keywords in the industry as well as what we're trying to do with this podcast. And then we wanted to bring it all together and not be forceful. So, uh, that's another thing is like trying to be creative with the name and of your business. And, um, for us, it was, you know, it could have been, I, I, we should have actually pulled up the sheet, but we, there was some, you know, we could have been as simple as, um, money making for makers, the makers podcast to make you money, like something like that literal ridiculous. Cause that was the concept of the business. But if you just throw out there all the verbiage that you're thinking at the time, um, you can get caught up in, you know, that one, it doesn't roll off the tongue Two, it becomes long three. It's not that cool. You know, it's not like something that, um, and we'll get into this in the next part. It's something that looks good in a logo or on a t-shirt, you know? So, uh, for us, for made for profit, we, we came up with the words that we wanted to hit on. Um, and that was kind of the made or maker. And then the money-making aspect of it being profitability and long story short, drove it down to the made for profit concept. And, uh, and it was, you know, it was, it was what a month, a month and a half. We yeah, were just we, straight up uh, hopping on calls. We were just jamming. I, I, I distinct, I remember where we came. I was uh, sitting at a Costco gas station because I was yes. feeling we were, you had this, this was back in the day job. So I was still in the day job. So John and I talked regularly. I would call him, you know, on my way back and he'd be like, oh, geez, here's the call again. I said a 45 minute drive each way to work <laughs> while John's trying to get work done. I'm like, hey, what's up, John? And uh, and yeah, I remember we were, we were banging through, you know, made, built, uh, you know, whatever, all these wood, metal, like all these things, grit and, uh, you know, profit, money, dollars. Like we just we were going through them and then we finally got to the one we had. And I remember we were sitting there and we were like, what about what about made for profit? And we we're like, oh, yes. yeah, I think I think we even had like built for profit first. And they were like, no, let's do made made because then, you know, it's kind of the. It's kind of got the the double meaning. And yeah, so that I, I, I agree, John. I think that um, I think there's two things to come out of that. One is that uh, to really just make sure you're having a, a good brainstorming session and throwing a lot of ideas out there. And if you are a solopreneur, if you're by yourself and you don't have the benefit of having a partner to bounce it off, make sure uh, you're, you know, your buddy, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever, that you're bouncing it off and um, and throw some things out there because you get so engaged in it that you, you know, you stuff starts sounding weird to you sometimes, even like when you repeat the same words, you're like, eh, that just doesn't sound right, man. Like if you say a word over and over again, or, or you read a word, uh, you know, give a fresh pair of eyes. Um, the thing that I am always um, a huge fan of, I always have been, uh, is is acronyms as well. And that's because, you know, corporate America, if anybody's in corporate America, you guys know, you know, your TPS reports, like you, there's acronyms for everything. everything. And so I always look at, you know, what, how does that look? So, you know, I really liked, you know, MFP. Uh, and that's like one of the things. So, so quickly on my story about fix this, build that, and how I came up with that. Uh, one of my major concerns about fix this, build that. And I didn't think through it completely enough because actually uh, if you look into SEO at all, like this, and then that are both what you would call stop words. And so <laughs> those are not good words to have in your in your business name. Uh, but anyway, the four I really was hung up on the four letter acronym, the FTBT. And like at the very beginning, I was like, God, that sounds horrible because like, you know, three letter acronyms typically sound better in my mind than four letter. Uh, you know, and, and now, you know, four years in it, I can't think of it being anything else. But um, yeah, it was my wife and I kind of doing the same thing and sitting down and at the beginning. So again, thinking about the total uh, picture of your business and where you think it's going to go. I thought I was going to have and this was all always designed to be around the blog um, and content versus product. So fix this bill. That was uh, I really at the beginning thought I was going to be doing more DIY and home repair. And that was the fix this. 
And then, and like, you know, hey, here's how to fix your water heater. Uh, and then the build that is obviously what I'm doing most of and more of. Um, interestingly enough, now I am actually getting back into the fix this. So kind of the, you know, the board and batten stuff and doing some of the smart home integration and things like that. And I do plan on integrating more and more. So I'm actually getting back to kind of the original intent of my name. Um, but I've actually gotten that comment many, many times over the years about, Where's the fix this? Like, all I see is you building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's coming. So, you know, yeah, exactly. I just wait a few more years. Like, uh, I, I bought a house that was too new. I couldn't fix anything. Yeah, that's <laughs> now, actually, that, now, now that my kids are growing, they're breaking things and I can finally <laughs> fix things. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, but yeah, use a team. And I, I think that that story of the made for profit and how we came to our name was it was a good one because uh, and it for sure, like the different perspectives and um personalities and, and, you know, John wanted to be done. And, and I was like, I don't know, man, that just doesn't sound quite right to me. Uh, and, <laughs> and we took the time, but I, you know, I think we're, we're extremely happy with what we came up with. So it all worked out in the end. So, yeah. So after this discovery process, you know, I, on my personal brand, then, then Brad and I established the branding. No, 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 no. We started spitballing for made for profit in that time, I was developing the metal and wood brand and yeah. um, the naming of that business was almost 100% in line with what you were saying as far as an SEO standpoint. So I wanted to, you know, I was reading a lot of books um, and I was thinking about how I wanted to leverage myself and what I was doing to be as efficient as possible and kind of find um, that pumpkin plan concept of where I'm just doing like one specific thing and crushing it. So I wanted to be doing metal and wood furniture. I'm the only guy in Pittsburgh that's specializing in it. That's doing reclaimed wood and metal. And I knew that I would be able to segment myself from the other guys that are absolutely crushing it out there. So I went with my branding name and I, I started talking to people I knew that owned, you know, businesses that were doing millions. And I'm like, guys, what do you think about this brand? What do you think about this brand? And they were all confused. Like, why would you change from John Malecki? And like I said, it was from that question, you know, what do you actually do? You have videos, you have a blog, you have inspiration, you do custom furniture, you build cabinets, you blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, got to clear this up. So anyway, went to the SEO terms, metal and wood, and then custom furniture. And then John Malecki were my, like three search terms that I wanted to incorporate into my name. I came up with a metal and wood custom furniture by John Malecki concept based on John Paul Mitchell and his Paul Mitchell line of hair product, which my mother has had in her salon <laughs> for 20 years that like, but it like sparks that concept. And then it's the same as like polo by Ralph Lauren. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I can still have my name tied to it. Um, and that's kind of where I went with that. But the one thing I thought about, and this is a segue into the next part was the way the brand looked. Now, the one thing with my John Malecki brand and, and, and Brad will talk about his a little bit too, is that my logo or my stamp or what's it, a logo mark is that's it. It can't be broken down and used without having my lettering on it. Now it looks great. I absolutely love it. I get tons of compliments on it, but the problem with it is, is that there's no, uh, not, there's no discluding the John Malecki, the builder aspect of it. You have to have those letters in there for it to have any type of recognition. When it comes to a logo mark, you're looking for something that can have recognition without having all of the um, text written on it. So with metal and wood, I wanted that M and W to kind of stand for itself. And if you guys have seen the hats that a bunch of dudes have been wearing and uh, some of the t-shirts and stuff that, that, that I've been marketing, you know, those are the, that's the watermark that I was looking for. That was the next step in the brand evolution. Um, and that kind of moves us into logoing is where you need to be thinking next when you're going with your name development is how can I break this down into parts and compartmentalize it into being its own identifiable aspects of the brand without taking away from the whole brand itself. Um, and I know, yeah. Brad, we've talked about this a bunch with Fix This, Build That, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that that's something I continue to struggle with to this day. Um, but actually, our, our buddies, um, uh, Bob and Dave and, and Jimmy, they had a great episode. I have no clue what number it is, but um, over on the Making It podcast where they talked about it because um, Bob is a is a branding uh, I don't say branding geez, genius, but yeah, a, a beast because he, he's just on point because he, he comes from kind of a graphic design background and that kind of stuff. And, um, 
that's where I first learned about this concept. So the concept is that when you think about a logo and I, I had no idea, you know, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm trying to I, I didn't really realize there was technically two parts. So there are two parts to a logo. A logo is your logo type and your logo mark. And and this is, you know, just me pulling this off a of wiki, basically. So I might not be getting the terminology exactly right. But basically, um, you know, let's think about a big brand. Let's think about Apple. Uh, if you think about Apple, uh, logo type would be the text of Apple, right? And that is a sans serif font. So a nice clean font. When you see the text Apple, you, you recognize that font. And if you just saw the words Apple in that font, you would recognize it as them. Same thing with with Sony, I think is the example those guys actually used on their on the podcast. Um, Sony, when you look at that font, it has a specific font that you recognize, right? So that is a logo type. A logo mark is what I would, you know, what you would more think of as a logo, which is, um, you know, a picture. So for Apple, it's the apple with the bite out of it. If you see that apple with the bite out of it, um, like immediately, you know, that is Apple computers, you know, that is Apple Inc. Um, and, and interestingly enough, Sony does not have that. So they only have a logo type. They don't t- like I can't think of like maybe the S or whatever. But like when you think of Sony, you don't ever think of a logo. You just think mm-hmm. like it's always the word Sony. Yep. Um, but like, you know, John right now is wearing his metal and wood hat and uh, I'm wearing my Tennessee hat. But uh, he has the M and the W, which it took me a minute to realize that that's like a butterfly key, which is just yes. pure genius. Like that is yes. a, a wonderful that is a wonderful logo mark. It stands alone, but it also has the lettering. If you think of HP, Hewlett Packard, if you see that H and that P, and they actually just went through a rebranding recently in the past couple of years uh, where it's now just straight lines, which I totally dig. But if you see the, the old one or the new one and you see HP, you immediately know Hewlett Packard. So that's the, the thing that I've been struggling with that John was alluding to is that fix this, build that. Um, and, and, you know, the way I got through, we'll talk about how we got to it here, but in a minute. Um, but I have the little, uh, I have a logo mark technically, and it is like uh, a circle with like some wood around it. Uh, so it looks like the outside of a, of a log, kind of like a live edge dealio. And then inside it, it's got a chisel, a hammer and a saw. Um, but I, I think if any of you listening to this podcast saw that on its own, none of you would be like, oh, that's Brad. Uh, and part of that is because I have also kind of what you have, John, with your your saw blade, the builder, Um, my profile picture on my Instagram, which is probably the most recognizable, is kind of just like a hodgepodge of like I had that designed and it's it's got that same logo on this inside. But around the outside, it says fix this bill like it's got more text on it It says fix this bill that it says Nashville, Tennessee. Um, And I can't just like you said, I can't separate any of that and have it stand on its own. It's kind of its thing together. And so I don't technically know what you would call that when you when you just you know they're they're together um but that's something to think about is when you're thinking about designing your brand and designing your logo uh you know think about that type and think about that mark and having something that you can use as just a logo mark it just when you start getting into branding you're going to be so much more successful because you can do so much more with it and it's in its subtlety. And you can put that, you can put that on a branding iron, right? That's a perfect thing versus having metal and wood custom furniture by John Malecki. Like you're not going to, you're not going to brand stuff with that. Yeah. You're going to brand it with that bow tie, right? Yeah. And the typeface becomes too small too. So that's the thing that I'm running into now is I'm developing some merchandise for my brand and uh, the companies I'm working with are like, man, I would love we'd love to do your logo, but we can't embroider a two inch circle with your saw blade logo because all of the script on it becomes too small and our machines aren't capable of doing it. So you've got things like that happening. Now, the one fix for that or kind of the one preparation that I looked into in initially from the beginning was having my logo broken down into a couple things. So if you guys have been seeing over the years, I have like just the uh, the script build, just the script builder and just the script B. Now, the initially we wanted the B to be the watermark or the logo mark um, that I would, you know, try to use. But I, I actually just enjoyed the saw blade much, much more. Um, you just can't read it always. But that saw blade kind of just like sticks with me now. But Having those parts has become something now that I'm trying to implement more of the design strategy behind my brand because this is completely backwards and should have done this from the get go is um, is something that it has been has been nice. So like, you know, you were just talking about how you have the logo type 
and the logo mark, and excuse me, you have the logo type and then the logo mark. Well, the mark doesn't have that much brand recognition right now, except your mark on Instagram does. So, you know, as if, if we start developing more products around your logoing, those are things you start to implement more. And, you know, you, you do like, uh, for instance, my, my shirts and everything. If you guys are, <clears throat> are looking at them, we'll have my website on the back. Or if it says build across the front, it has a saw blade on the back on the top tag. So like things like that, that you can get that brand assimilation. But if you do it from the get go, man, are you at such a better advantage? Um, when I was developing the branding for metal, in wood, I actually went to a professional. And this is one thing with logoing that I think uh, it just pays for itself time and time again, um, is is hiring a professional. I DIY'd my first logo. It was a straight illustrator garbage. I'm talking like, look straight out of... uh, like like, uh, Hey, you're using illustrator, dude. I I started on PowerPoint. All right, so you're already step up. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I had like vertical lines, a curve underneath, and that was about it. And if you guys were following me earlier on, you saw that logo. Uh, and, and then I got linked up with this awesome designer and, and he's actually moved on from that life. But, uh, he developed the whole, we developed the whole, um, you know, the saw blade logo together. And then there's a great designer here in Pittsburgh, uh, who's, he's worked on a bunch of huge corporate jobs with like whole foods and Rachel Ray and a bunch of, he's got big portfolio. And I hit him up and I was like, Hey, what would it cost for a brand package? And I mean, I'll, since I didn't throw his name out there, I'll be completely Frank, I mean, it was $1,400 for my metal and wood brand package. Now what he did for me and what was the benefit of hiring a professional was I have the logo type, which is the full metal and wood custom furniture. I have six variations of that all in, um, vector format, JPEG format, PDF format, and, uh, and and Adobe, um, filing formats from there. It's broken down into five more watermarks, all of them having, you know, circles or they have overlays that make them look faded or look like wood grain and all that stuff that, um, you can use in different instances. Um, and then it also gets broken down into having, not having, um, an outline to having an outline. And then the colors flipped black and white to white and black. So I have all these variations now and he sent me over a package and then on the, to end the package, he also recommended as a professional six fonts that he believed worked very well and then how they worked with my brand. So from that package I purchased from him, as a professional, I was able to get all the guessing to kind of tie my logo together um, instead of just having that stamp or watermark or logo mark that all of us like that all of us assimilate with just logoing. Um, and what it's done is give me an opportunity to actually like put together um, a beautiful one website or if I'm sending out uh, like I, I kind of do like a PDF brochure to designers and wholesalers. Um, but all of that font is on point. All of the layouts on point, all the colorings are on point based on their suggestions and just how to use it. And man, was it a game changer using a professional instead of doing it myself? Cause I was guessing for, for years on what fonts worked well with the, with the saw blade brand. And, um, I've, I've kind of nam- hit, hammered that in, but like, dude, having him do that, all that for me, it was just like, man, you, he works with it every day. You know, he looks at fonts consistently. He knows what flows well with what, what reads well with what, what's a great header font, subheader, um, you know, text fonts, all that stuff. So, uh, that was a huge win for the metal and wood brand. And that's actually why I was able to launch it so quickly and just immediately integrate it and, uh, and start using it instead of having to like, you know, guess at all these things to make it look good. Um, I got the website done for that in three days compared to like the month and a half it took me to do jumplike.com. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, I think that like you just hit on so much stuff there. First of all, people are still picking their chins off the floor for 1400 bucks for these people just started. They're like, I cannot spend 1400, which is probably completely true. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a, there is kind of an iteration and a, and a progression as people go through the process. And just like you even mentioned, like you and I both, right. We, you, you start out trying to hack it together yourself. If you've got any chops at all in whatever, you know, Photoshop um, or illustrator or any of that. But when, when you try to do that on your own, what inevitably, unless you have an, a degree or actually have experience doing graphic artists. I mean, obviously like we're just going to put you people out of the, <laughs> out of the conversation because y'all are awesome. Uh, but if you, if you're not a professional, if you don't have training in it, um, then what you're going to put together is not going to be good more than likely. It's not going to be the best. Uh, and you're likely going to go out there and you're going to look at the different, uh, logos that you like, 
Uh, and frankly, you're going to copy them for most people. That's what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to start out doing that and go, well, I like that, but you know, I want to be original. So, um, you know, not, not saying that you're going to straight up copy, but you're going to take those inputs. And then, um, if you're not the creative type and what I've found, like, you know, the graphic artists, they can take that and iterate and change it into something that's unrecognizable, but still similar. Right. Whereas that's what I have found. And I'll just, I guess, relate this to myself. Like as I start started looking at people that I liked, it was always like, oh, this is too much like that. Or like I couldn't do it. Uh, like the first one I designed, I don't think I've ever shown anybody this. Actually, I may have I may have sent that to you. I sent it to a few people. It was a screw head. And then uh, it was like a Phillips screw head. And then it had like FTBT like around it. And I was just like, that was the worst logo. (laughs) (laughs) But I legit like I went on and, you know, searched for like a screw head clip art and uh, did all this stuff. And and I actually had one where it was like army stenciled. And I wasn't really into uh, I wasn't watching Jimmy a lot back then. But then like if I look at it now, like I would just be the complete total ripoff of Jimmy. Like I didn't look at the Duresta and then take it off that I was. Uh, because it was like an army font and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, and I'm so glad I did not go with that. Uh, but what I ended up doing was, uh, again, I went down that and I was just like, this is horrible. Um, I had a buddy who is a graphic artist. And again, I think the biggest constraint that people are going to say is like, I can't spend money on this. And so what you're going to do is you're going to try to find somebody. And inevitably what will happen is that you'll get a buddy. They'll send you over some ideas. Um, and then you'll start asking, oh, this is great. But what if you and it ends up you just becoming they're trying to do you a favor and you end up becoming a huge burden on them because you're like, oh, well, can you change this a little bit? And there's like, you know, they spend an hour and then now you're asking them to spend four more hours or whatever. And uh, they're trying to do it as a favor. So I, I would highly encourage you, you know, uh, either have that. If you're going to try to get somebody to do something for you for free, if it's one of your buddies, like make sure there's an understanding up front, how much hours there's going to be in it and all that. And like, what are you going to give them? Hey, I'll make you a table. I'll, you know what? It, like give them something back uh, so that it's worth their while, because uh, I ran into that two times where I wasn't giving them enough value on the back end. And um and, you know, they both were just like, it ended up, they kind of like went halfway through and I wasn't happy with it. And they were just like, I'm done, dude. Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And it was fine. Like, I mean, it didn't, you know, strain the relationship or anything, but, um, but actually that's where I got the idea from was, was, uh, one of the very initial sketches, like a guy was a graphic artist. He just sketched some stuff out. I actually ended up giving him a bandsaw. So I guess it worked out, but, <laughs> um, is, uh, he's the one that did the block fix and when, then with the vertical, you know, the fix with the vertical, that this and that. Uh, and the fix and the build, um, which I, I ended up going with. So uh, I, I did that. And I what I actually did is I went to one of these services. And I know a lot of people have seen and heard about Fiverr or Upwork. And, you know, hey, you can get a logo for five bucks. Um, anything you get from those guys is going to be extremely generic, um, if not copyright infringing. Uh, or, you know, they're selling the same designs to multiple, multiple people. Uh, if you're paying, you know, less than 20 bucks for a logo. It's just, you know, it's going to be generic. Um, and most of those are just off seas people just pumping them out. Uh, I did get a one that is, that's fairly reputable that will have the same. I mean, it is reputable, but it's the designers behind it. So it's a website called 99 designs. We'll have a link in the description. Uh, but that's the one that I used. And basically it's a bidding process. So you go in and then you can actually upload like all the stuff that you're looking for. Hey, I'm looking for, you know, this type of logo. Here's my business. And you kind of put in a, an RFP, if you will, um, about what people, what you want your logo to look like. And also even some logos that you like. And then what will happen is designers will put in some ideas and then um, you can select the one you like the most and go to the next stage. So it's kind of like that first round draft and you say, okay, and some of them are just complete and total junk. And then you find the ones that are actually kind of good. And then you can pick the designer you want to work with. And in the end, they give you that same package um, that you were talking about. Um, Not quite as nice. So that one, I believe, is like the base level is is like 300 bucks. So it's still not cheap, Um, but you're going to get that scalable image. for sure, you've got to get it in vector. So it's completely scalable to any size and keep, um, you know, keep that crisp look at it. So vector design is an absolute must for a logo. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the long winded story of, of how I went, but I went through that whole process of not wanting to spend money. And I, I still, and the, what I spent the 300 bucks is okay. Um, 
but I still I, I still need to rehab mine and I want to eventually go, you know, with what you're saying, John. And I don't know if I'm going to rebrand because I like my uh, what are we saying? I like the logo type. Like I really enjoy the, the the block lettering and the vertical and all that good stuff. But it still has some constraints, though, because it doesn't look good turned 90 degrees, which, you know, you're trying to help me out with thumbnails and stuff. And that's another thing. Like when you look at your lo- your wording and everything, look at it. Uh, this is just something I learned. Look at it straight and then turn it 90 degrees either way, because when you do that on mine, it, it doesn't read right because now those other things become the right way up. Or this, when you turn it a certain way, looks like a different word. <laughs> really quickly and you're like oh that's not what i wanted to read (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh, i think all of this is awesome what's what's incredible about 99 designs too is that i believe and this is coming from the tim ferris podcast who's a huge advocate for 99 designs is you can set a um, shelf price that you want to pay and then people will bid towards it the same way that they'll bid on the job itself. Um, now don't hold me to that. I believe I've heard that on his show, but Tim himself has had multiple book covers done strictly on 99 designs where he can, well, I think you can actually hire an individual professional graphic artist and then that individual can work with just you on your project and you don't have to have multiples involved. So that's an awesome tool there. Um, and that's something I wish we would have thought of when we got MFP started, cause we could have uh, got a little bit better. What we actually did was I took the very basic uh, illustrator skills that I had and we kind of tried to morph some of my logo with Brad's logo and then the concept we wanted. And that's where we came up with the MFP logo. Um, and then after we got rocking and rolling, as you guys remember, we, we actually changed the logo slightly. And what happened was our buddy, Chris Salamone from the modern maker podcast is a professional graphic artist. And he gave us just some, quick tips and insights and tightened it up and, uh, and made it look so much better. And it mean like he did right. what he did in just with a little in, bit of in gradient five, and yeah, <laughs> what he did in five minutes blew us away. And, uh, and so that just goes to show the value of a professional compared to trying to do it yourself. Um, cause they see spacing, they see, like Brad said, gradients and color and contrast and all the things that are important in a logo way differently than we do because they're consuming it from, the, the point that we look at furniture, you know, we, all of us crawl under tables and look at joinery and how things go together. Well, they do the same thing with logos. So like, that's really why you want to be hiring somebody, even if it's just a 99 designs, um, because in that instance, they're going to have way more skill than most people. And, um, and I think that that adds a ton of value in the long term. Um, even though you're, you're not hundred percent happy with your logo, Brad, I mean, being 90% happy is way better right. than starting off and, you know, changing your logo every four months because you don't love it. Um, so, you know, we do have a link for 99 designs in the show notes. If you guys are interested, um, probably actually put it, I'll throw it on the swipe up too next week for the, uh, yeah. for the, for the, uh, Instagram now that we hit 10 K and we could do swipe up. Oh, um, dude, I forgot. Yeah. We forgot to talk about that. Yeah, man. We just hit 10,000 on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for everybody following us over there. If you're not following us, go hit us up and we're, we're super excited about that. And now we are going to use some of those business features. Like John was mentioning that swipe up, but uh, I just did, I pulled up uh, 99 designs, the website. And so just to clarify a little bit more. Um, so there's a bronze, silver, gold, and platinum package for logo design. The bronze one is the one I did, which is the cheapest. So it's two ninety nine, and it says expect approximately 30 designs. And so that is 30 designs from individual people. Um, and the cool thing is, is it, and that's why I did it end up doing it. Cause it does have a money back guarantee. So what happens? I, th- I think it's like a week. There's a week where all the graphic designers can submit designs. If you don't like any of them, you just say, I'm out. Like, I don't like any of these. They all stink. And you just get your money back. Uh, it's once you commit and go to the next level to kind of go through the um, the next stages of hammering out the details is when you commit to the money. Uh, but then it says the silver one, you should expect about 60 to is, is 400 bucks, uh, $499, $500, um, 60 designs. And then it says a larger designer prize. So how this works is that, you know, they 99 designs, uh, is, is basically the go between, between you and the graphic artist and only the graphic artists who win the bid actually get the money. And so, uh, the more you pay, the more that designer gets. So obviously if you're doing the 299, the graphic artist is getting something much less than 299. And so you're going to get a lower tier of graphic artists. So as you step up these tiers, you get a better artist. So the gold one says work only with mid and top level designers. That one is 799. You get approximately 90 designs, a larger designer prize. And, and then the platinum one is 1299. So 1300, which is almost right on par with what you were saying, John. Um, and it says expect 60 premium designs, top level designers only, 
prioritize support, blah, blah, blah. So um, as anything, you get what you pay for, right? So as you look at this, uh, you know, I really looking back at it, um, if I was going to use 99 designs again for my business, because I am where I am and I'm profitable and I have money to, to invest back into it, I would absolutely go with a higher tier. Uh, and also you can, you can bid out and do custom work in there as well. So it's a really cool website. Um, and I did, I heard about it on Pat Flynn, actually. Um, he's the one that turned me on to it. Listen to his podcast. Uh, and I know, yeah, Tim Ferriss, he uses it a ton and Tim Ferriss uses it. So, uh, it's a, it's a really cool service. And, um, you know, I got my logo out of it and I'm, I'm happy with it. And I'm going to probably go through the process again, eventually, uh, if I don't find somebody that I want to work with directly on it as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. So what's awesome when you do something like work with a professional there, Brad was kind of talking about um, the vector filing. And then we were also talking about the watermark and the logo mark and the logo type and all this jargon. But what it comes down to is the parts and pieces of your brand that you can use across all of your media. Um, and then, taking that from media to using it in your brand package or your merchandise, your, your letterhead, your, uh, your, your sales flyers, your, your, you know, your, your postcards, your stickers, all that stuff, um, comes into, to what you should be thinking about when you're developing your, your brand. Um, and one thing for us is, you know, as simple as it might sound is when we're looking at a brand and it doesn't look good is, does it look good on a t-shirt? You know, can that, can that logo go onto a Heather Gray t-shirt and fade for five years and still look good? Um, and that's something I consider when I'm doing my kind of branding because, uh, that's how I look at the timeless brands. You know, like if you're, if you're thinking about Nike, if you're thinking about Adidas, if you're thinking about Sony or Apple or HP or, you know, GE and all these brands, like they've withstood the test of time. Coca-Cola is probably the most prime example of a timeless brand as they haven't done anything to change, uh, basically, few little things here and there for the course of their entire life as a business. And, uh, their vintage products are still hot commodity and look amazing over time. So, um, when, when you're considering your brand, I mean, that's something I know I look at, Brad, and I think about it in the way of if this is faded on a t-shirt, you know, and, and we're, we're going back in, back in time, which Brad likes to do here with some of his garments, um, since he hasn't grown, <laughs> grown for a while. Uh, I weigh the same good? as I did as a senior in high school. So <laughs> yes, I weigh the same as I did, uh, a week ago. Nope. Nope. Lost. I actually lost six pounds. So I don't, I can't wear the same clothes from season to season. And Brad's fortunate to rock the same awesome t-shirt he's had since college. Um, mostly, mostly being Slayer and, and, you know, death metal bands, but but. (laughs) my my death leopard uh, shirt for sure. Metallica, all this. So, but besides that point, like think of how nostalgic and cool those logos and brands look on an old T and we know vintage, uh, vintage goods are hot right now. In, in social society, like think of your brand the same way. Like can that logo or can that mark look great on a piece of merchandise for a long period of time, not just in the moment. Um, and that's something I hugely consider. I know, well, I know when I'm doing any brand development or looking at stuff, I mean, that was kind of what we thought um, about for MFP too, was if we start adding gradients and backdrops and text slides, like, will that still look good on a t-shirt? Well, if you take it down to its simplest form, you know, we still believe that the MFP logo, um, looks good on just a blank backdrop. Um, and so that was something we were considering early on as well. Yeah. And it'll be interesting as we go, because like we said, you know, and we did, you know, big shout out to Chris, uh, for helping us out with, the doing, and that was basically for the, um, what was it? The thumbnail for the, for the podcast. Um, but you know, we, we've got some work to do. And, and I think John mentioned it last time we're looking at, uh, or earlier in the show is that, you know, we want to get some some merchandise out there, some t-shirts. We just got the stickers. If you saw John do on the, on the Instagram, he flashed some, some stickers in his story. We just got some made for profit stickers, which we'll be um, doing some things with those. We'll let you guys know about, but uh, yeah, we want to, we want to get out there. And uh, I think that's something that when you think about your brand is how do you, uh, how do you get out there and get the brand awareness? So we talk about brand identity. The next stage is brand awareness and something that is easily recognizable. And then when somebody sees it, they're like, oh yeah. And so now like when people are looking at um, John's butterfly key, after people get associated with it enough, they're going to go, oh yeah, metal and wood. They're going to instantly think about John and they're going to think about that brand. Uh, and then same thing. And people are going to be walking down the street. Like I've already had when I was on live the other day, John, I have people like, dude, whose hat is that? And that's like, like that's, that's what you want people asking. That's why you do merch. That's why you make shirts. That's why you make hats. That's why you do all these things is because people will be out in public 
And you want other people to ask, what is that brand? That's a cool looking brand. I'm like, that's the epitome of, of having a cool mark or a cool type uh, or logo is that you can spread the word and have, um, you know, the public aware of what you're doing and have the word spread organically. And so, yeah, think about that and think about the designs that you like. Uh, and, and just, you know, again, go to your friends take the design and say, Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, and get some real honest feedback because, um, you know, if you design something that only you like, it might not resonate well with, you know, the rest of the public. Yeah. And I would say hit your friends or your, you know, circle of, um, all types of influences too. A lot of us seem to have friends that are into like all the same thing. Um, try to go outside that circle. So what I do with what I did with my branding and stuff was like, I went to my buddy's fiance, who's extremely fashionable and she's into like, you know, high fashion and stuff all the way down to like my dad who lives in the woods, like (laughs) getting, getting opinions from all across the board is, is, is is where you'll gain a good scope. Um, you don't just want to like pigeon your whole, excuse me, pigeonhole yourself into like, you know, obviously woodworkers are going to like a saw blade logo, but will someone not in woodworking, think that logo looks good. And so I went to like my photographers and, and my digital, um, my digital creator kind of friends and, and the people I know that do graphic design and, and, and professional work as well as like lawyers and all doctors and, and, and nurses, whatever, and got all the opinions I could. And then that's kind of where I hammered into my, my thought process on mine. Um, and, and that way you have good perspective. So, uh, I think it's all really good stuff. I mean, what you got to really come to what it, I think what it really comes down to with your logoing and your branding is how, how it makes you feel like, do you feel good about it at the end of the day? Are you proud of it? Does it resemble you? Um, and if you're like an extremely, you know, simple person that, that wears one color t-shirt, you know, Zuckerberg style and, uh, doesn't really do, you know, crazy outlandish, lavish type lifestyle things. No need to have a ridiculously lavish out, out of the, you know, craziness type brand, lock that thing in to make it you. And I think you'll start to find that those are the best brands. They, they resemble and embody the, the person who found them. Uh, everyone from, you know, Phil Knight to Steve jobs, uh, these like, you know, extremely iconic type brands with Nike and Apple. Uh, if you talk to him about it, it was kind of just like, Oh, I wanted it to look like the wings of Aries or, you know, I was, uh, you know, he was in my car with Waz and that's how they came up with the Apple logo on their way to the, on the way to their first pitch for the Apple one. So like you, you think of this stuff, um, think about how it embodies you first and then work your way through, uh, through this process. So before, before we wrap up, let's go, let's go ahead with some takeaways. I got a couple here. I got a new iPad pro. So I got all kinds of colorful notes over here, Brad. I can't wait to share with you because God nice. knows we need more things to read and sift through. But, um, first takeaway is going to be, um, think about the long game when it comes to your brand package. This is going to probably be the most important takeaway of this is that don't just jump into something initially. Long game is always going to be the play. Think about a logo and how it can work long term for your business goals. Um, if you're going to be an individual or are you going to try to scale and, uh, and then base your branding concept around that? Um, like we were just touching on a little bit, uh, second takeaway is bring the eye. I- bring the ideas of people close to you in. Um, that's going to be something that's hugely important. You want to get as critical as you can with your branding. That way you have a, uh, a full spectrum of what you think th- people are going to think about your brand and where it's going. Um, you know, you don't want to develop something that you th- absolutely love and then have somebody tell you like, Oh, but I have no idea what your business is about still. So, uh, definitely get perspective from other people. Um, and then lastly, Think about the logo type versus the logo mark. Are you developing a brand or an image that is going to be able to be broken down into multiple parts? Uh, you don't want to segment yourself into something that's one dimensional like I did um, and then struggle down the road to create the identity package for your brand. Uh, think about that from the get go and it'll set you up better uh, long term. So you're not in the instance that Brad and I are in right now trying to develop uh, you know, a better brand package. Yeah, those are great takeaways. And I think that the the biggest thing that you're going to find out is that like anything, uh, it's a process. It's a process. And unfortunately, and that's the part, I mean, unless you're really forward thinking and that you, you know, have the wherewithal to say, I'm going to make this investment up front, even if I'm not, you know, necessarily making, having a lot of money is that, um, 
you know, that you, your logo design and the whole thing, your whole branding package can evolve. So, so also don't think that you're, you're completely tied to it. People rebrand all the time. Um, if you get something that works for you, that you're comfortable with, and that's what you can afford, then go for it. And then, you know, later down the road, you can, you can rebrand and up actually what, you know, April, um, our our buddy, April, uh, Wilkerson, who was just on the podcast a a little while ago, she just rebranded. So she, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still April Wilkerson, but she got a new logo design. It's the AW with a cool thing and a little Texas symbol. So that like embodies her, you know, and it's, it's got a little piece of her character in that. So, uh, as you look at that, there's been, uh, lots of people along the way that have rebranded. I'm on almost every company rebrands, you know, like you said, Coca, Cola, like they still got that uh, that same nice fancy font, um, which interestingly enough, I think they there was a competition and they paid somebody like 125 bucks for that, like That's or 150 incredible. bucks. Yeah, I remember that from uh, reading a book somewhere. Uh, but yeah, so so think about that and and don't worry about that. If you can invest the money up front, I think it's going to pay off. It's going to pay for itself in the long run. But if you can't go with what you got and always remember that you can you can rebrand. And if you're not comfortable with it, if you want to get something, if you want to refresh, you can always do that. Awesome. man! I think that's is a cool conversation because I know this is something that we've talked about a lot in the past, John. And then actually, like I said, coming from the Facebook group, that was one of the things that got a lot of feedback. Uh, so thank you so much. If you're part of the Made for Profit Tribe Facebook group, if you're not, go ahead and, and check that out because we're going to be getting more show topics from that group uh, and, you know, talking about the things that you guys want to hear about. So speaking of go groups, ahead, John. I think we're about to go crush an after show with our patron group, huh? Exactly. That's exactly what we're going to do. So uh, we are going to go talk with those folks over there again. If you want to be part of the after show, you can go to made for profit. Excuse me. You can go to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. Uh, and we're going to be answering some questions for those guys. They're a little more uh, specific and intense into exactly what those people are struggling with. So until next time, we'll catch you on the next episode, I guess. Take care. Comb your hair. So thank you guys for checking out the show. If you'd like any more information, you can head over to madeforprofit.com. We'll have our show notes as well as our email list subscription you can sign up for. There you'll receive tips of the week as well as all of our other actionable content. If you're digging the show, we'd love to get a five-star review over on iTunes and we would greatly appreciate that. If you have any other questions or suggestions, you can email us at madeforprofitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love any of your input as well as any of your future show topic suggestions. You can hit us up on Instagram at madeforprofit where we will be answering your questions and giving out tips to help you grow on your own social networks. So once again, we really want to thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode.